0: Thank you for listening to the CrossFitch Podcast. Today's message is by Senior Pastor Mark Farnell. For more information about CrossFitch Church, visit our social medias or go to our website at crclife.org. We hope you enjoy the message. Stan, and I want us to read this passage together out loud as we begin our time in God's Word. Paul wrote these words in Galatians 2.20, reading aloud together, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Thank you. You may be seated. And as you're being seated, I want you to open your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We are continuing in our series on relationships titled, The Blessed Mess, Ingredients for thriving relationships. And we are looking at our relationships from God's perspective. And so we know that God has a plan for our relationships. We live in a very connected world. We can connect with people all over the world, almost instantly through the use of cell phones and emails and texts and calls and FaceTime and Zoom meetings and in other ways. Yet with all of this connectivity at our fingertips, we often live disconnected lives. Many people struggle daily with loneliness, fear, anxiety, with discouragement, with depression, with despair. We all long to enjoy thriving relationships. We want to bless and be blessed. We want to encourage and be encouraged. We want to know and be known. We want to love and be loved. We want to serve and be served. These desires are from God, And they are fulfilled by God as we live his way by the power of his spirit at work in us day by day. The first ingredient that we identified last Sunday for thriving relationships is identity. Identity is how I define myself, how I see myself. Identity is how you define yourself, how you see yourself. My identity influences the way that I view my life, my relationships, and my circumstances. Your identity influences the way you view and interpret your life, your relationships, and your circumstances. Galatians 2.20 that we just read is an identity statement by Paul. Paul got his identity vertically in Jesus. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Paul was crucified with Christ. That means Paul died to the law, to legalism, to his sin. To, he died to trying to earn a relationship with God by his works for God. Paul was saved by God's grace through his faith in Christ Jesus. Paul was united with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Paul knew and understood and declared that he was a new creation in Christ Jesus. His old life in sin was gone. His new life in the Savior Jesus had come. God wants us to get our identity vertically in Jesus. Like Paul, we have been crucified with Christ. As followers of Jesus, we have died to sin and self. We died to trying to earn our relationship with God by our good works for God. We have been saved by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. We are united with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. I am a new creation in Christ, You are a new creation in Christ. I am a victor, overcomer, and more than conqueror in Jesus. You are a victor, overcomer, and more than conqueror in Jesus. I'm an heir of God and co-heir with Jesus. You're an heir of God and co-heir with Jesus. I am forgiven and free in Jesus. You are forgiven and free in Jesus. Galatians 2.20 is an identity statement for you and for me. God has given all of us roles and relationships horizontally. These roles and relationships are for our good and for God's glory. We must make the, be careful that we don't make the mistake. We must be sure that we don't make the mistake of trying to get our identity horizontally instead of vertically. My job does not give me my identity. My marriage does not give me my identity. My kids don't give me my identity. My relationships don't give me my identity. My successes don't give me my identity, and my failures don't give me my identity. My bank account doesn't give me my identity. My stuff doesn't doesn't give me my identity. God gives me my identity, value, and significance in Jesus. And the same is true for you. God gives you your identity, value, and significance in Jesus. You see, I am who God says I am in Jesus. You are who God says you are in Jesus. Pastor Mike Wagner, a member of our church family, shared with me after last Sunday service, he said, we have identity theft protection in Jesus. I said, you know what? You are exactly right. We have identity theft protection in Jesus. So Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. If you jump down on your outline, you're going to look at the first point from Paul, and it's this. I am saved by God. That's the first point. I am saved by God. This gives me my identity. This gives you your identity. I am a follower of Jesus. You are a follower of Jesus. I have new life, abundant life, eternal life with God in Jesus. You have new life, abundant life, eternal life with God in Jesus. Our identity in Jesus helps our relationships thrive. And so this first ingredient is identity. The second ingredient... For thriving relationships is purpose. Purpose tells us why we do what we do in our relationships. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. He said, for the life I live in the body, he continued, said for the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Here's Paul's point. This is the second point on your outline, and that is simply this. I am a servant of God. I am a servant of God. This gives me my purpose. I am a servant of King Jesus. My life is not my own. I was bought with the price of the blood Jesus shed for me on the cross of Calvary. Therefore, I am to honor God with my body. Here's what Paul wants us to understand as it relates to our relationships. God, by his Spirit, speaking through Paul for you and me this morning. And it is simply this. We are saved by God and we are servants of God. We are saved by God, and we are servants of God. These dual truths, these dual doctrines, we see throughout the New Testament. We see them all throughout the New Testament, brought to our attention. We see them in this passage that we focused in on last Sunday, 1 Corinthians. I hope you're there. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Let's look in verse 1. Paul wrote these words. Paul called as an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will and Sosthenes, our brother. So look at this. Paul was called by God to salvation. He was saved by God's grace through his faith in Jesus. Secondly, Paul was called as an apostle of Christ Jesus by God. God called Paul to salvation. God called Paul to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. And so we see Paul was saved by God. Now look at what Paul said in verses two and three. He said, to the church of God at Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called as saints, with all those in every place who call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both their Lord and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you see that? Paul wrote God's words to God's people in Corinth. He wrote God's words to God's people in Corinth. He was saved by God and he was a servant of God and he immediately began serving God as he wrote God's words to God's people in Corinth. If you look in chapter two, verses one and two, Paul said, when I came to you, brothers and sisters, announcing the mystery, the testimony of God to you, I did not come with brilliance of speech or wisdom. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul not only wrote God's words to God's people in Corinth, Paul preached and taught God's words to God's people in person in Corinth. Paul was saved by God, and Paul was a servant. Of God, we see this throughout his writings in Ephesians chapter 2 for by grace are we saved through faith that is not of ourselves as the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared ahead of time for us to do. Paul was saved by God by his grace, and Paul was a servant of God. Paul said in Second Corinthians chapter 5 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, the old is gone, and the new has come. Everything is from God. God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. Paul was saved by God. Paul was a servant of God. Peter told us in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, But you are a chosen race, a holy priesthood, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Peter was saved by God, and Peter was a servant of God. We are saved by God. This gives us our identity. We are servants of God. This gives us our purpose. Our purpose from God leads uh, leads from our identity in God. It is our identity from God that leads to our purpose for God. And so we see identity connects with purpose. Our purpose as followers of Jesus Christ, your purpose as a child of God, my purpose as a child of God, our purpose as brothers and sisters in Christ is real simple. It's to glorify God is to bring honor, glory, and praise to God. As Paul said, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Everything we think, everything we say, everything we do, every place we go, this is our purpose, to bring glory and honor and praise to God. We glorify God as we follow God by faith. As we walk in obedience to God and the truth of his word, as Jesus told us, this is a way we bear much fruit, showing ourselves to be his disciples. Therefore, here's what we know when it comes to our relationships. That's the purpose of our lives. So the purpose of our relationships, the purpose of our relationships, we're talking about purpose this morning. The purpose of our relationships is to glorify God in our relationships. That's the purpose of our relationships. God's purpose for me in all my relationships is for me to help others know Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus. God's purpose for you in your relationships is simple. It's for you to help others know Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus. Jesus made this clear to us in the Gospels at the start of his earthly ministry and at the end of his earthly ministry. Jesus said at the start of his earthly ministry, in Matthew chapter four and verse 19, follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people. Jesus called his disciples to follow him. And he said, As you follow me, there's your identity. As you follow me, I will make you fish for people. He gave them their purpose. At the end of His earthly ministry, Jesus said in Matthew 28 and verses 18 through 20, then Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Teach them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus commissioned... The disciples he had called, he commissioned his disciples to go, he commissioned them to to go and make disciples of all nations. He gave them their purpose. We are disciples of Jesus. We are followers of Jesus. We are servants of Jesus. Jesus gives us our purpose for our relationships. Our purpose for our relationships is to help others know Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus. As followers of Jesus, that's our identity, our purpose is to help others know Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus. Now, two quick points about our purpose before we look more in depth at this purpose. The first is We understand when it comes to our purpose that fulfilling our purpose takes time. Fulfilling our purpose takes time, literally a lifetime. Remember, we are joining God in his work in others' lives. We're not doing our work in others' lives. We're joining God in his work in others' lives. We know that Paul told us, for it is God who is working in you, both are willing the work according to his good purpose. So we understand and realize it takes time for people to come to faith in Jesus. It takes time for us to grow in our faith in Jesus. It takes time for us as followers of Jesus to go for Jesus in service and ministry and missions to those God places around us. It takes time. Secondly, we know when it comes to this purpose, the second quick point is God changes people, not us. Paul made this clear when he said, I planted the seed, Apollos watered the seed, but God gave the growth. Therefore, neither the one who plants or waters is anything, but only God who gave the growth. We share and we serve God saves. We share and we serve, God saves. We share, we serve, God changes people. Over time. Understand and remember, fulfilling our purpose takes time. God's ever so patient with us, therefore we need to be patient with others. God changes people, not us. So our goal each day is to Surrender ourselves first to God. Every day, at the beginning of the day, throughout the day, at all points in the day, we surrender ourselves to God, and then he gives us the desire, the strength, and the patience to share with others and to serve others for his purposes. We get with God, and he empowers us to go as servants of his to those he places around us. So let's let's bring this down to a little bit more of a practical personal level as we look according to the scriptures. We now know the purpose of husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church is so that they can help their wives know Jesus, grow in Jesus and go for Jesus. The purpose for wives to respect and submit to their husbands as unto the Lord is to help their husbands know Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus. The purpose for us as parents to raise our children in the training and instruction of the Lord is to help our kids come to know Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus. The purpose for us in our jobs to work as unto the Lord and not to people is for us to help those God places around us in our workplaces to know Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus. You may be thinking to yourself, okay, hold up a second, now you're getting crazy. How am I supposed to help people in my workplace know Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus? I mean, if I even say the name of Jesus, I could get fired in my workplace. Does this mean I'm supposed to have a line of people at my desk asking for prayer every day and asking how they can come to faith in Christ and get baptized and join a local church? No, that would be fantastic. It's not outside of God's ability and power, but that would be fantastic, but that's not what I'm talking about. Oh, What are you talking about? How, how do we fulfill our purpose for our relationships? How do we fulfill our purpose in our workplace then? Well, let me answer that question. First, we need to understand that fulfilling our purpose in our workplaces, fulfilling our purpose in our relationships, doesn't mean we carry around the Bible every day with us, whacking people on the head, saying, be saved right now or else. It's not what we're talking about. If we're going to fulfill our purpose in our workplace, this is how it happens. It's real simple. It's real simple. First, we rejoice that we are God's witnesses in our workplace and wherever we go. We rejoice we're God's witnesses in our relationships and friendships. Secondly, we embrace God's call to be his witnesses in our workplaces and in our relationships. Remember, we never take our identity off. We don't take Jesus Christ off. He's with us and our identity is in him always. Okay, so how do we then... Fulfill our purpose in our workplace. How do we fulfill our purpose with our friends? This is how you do it. It's real simple. If you're taking notes, jot some of these down. You'll get it, you'll understand it. This is how we help others. Know Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus. It's not hard. It's actually quite simple when it comes to our workplaces and it comes to all of our relationships. Here's one example, smile. Smile. It's amazing what a smile will do. It's amazing how that will literally unhinge people. Just smile. And how about doing it like a lot? Smile as you're walking around your workplace. Let the joy of the Lord, which is your strength, shine through your life and tell your face about it. Laugh, laugh, look for ways and opportunities to laugh, to laugh at yourself, to laugh throughout the day. Another easy way to do it is encourage others. Listen, it may have been days, weeks, months, or longer since your coworker or your friend has heard an encouraging word. Encourage. Speak an encouraging word. Send a text. Send an email. Look for ways to encourage people. Encouragement means to put courage into. Look for ways. Listen to others. Just listen. Listen to others, eyes connected to their eyes, cell phones down, turn away from whatever else it is, and just listen. Because when we listen, we hear what's going on, we're able to understand where they may need encouragement. We're able to understand why they may need a smile. Another way is to serve others. Go above and beyond expectations. Whatever your workplace expectations are, go above and beyond them. As Jesus said, if they're going to ask you to go one mile, go two. Go above and beyond. Serve people before they ask you to serve people. Think of ways. Ask God to show you ways. Ask God to give you the eyes to see and the ears to hear ways you can serve others, ways you can bless others, ways you can minister others when they don't even need, know they need the service, they don't even know and realize they need the blessing. Just do it. Ask God to show you ways you can serve others, you can minister to others, you can meet a need. Again, as we're listening, we know where those may be. Pray for others. Pray with others when God gives you those opportunities in your friendships and in your workplaces. Those may be few and far between, but no one can keep you from praying for those that you work around. No one can keep you from praying for your friends. You can pray often as you want, whenever you want, wherever you are. No one can stop prayer. As one person said, as long as there's tests in school, there's going to be prayer in school. And that's a true statement. No one can stop us from praying. No one. Pray for others. Listen, speak God's truth in love to others. Speak a truthful word to others. Now, I'm not talking about you got to go to somebody and say in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 10, God said this, speak God's truth in love. Listen, all truth is God's truth. You know this as well as I do. Someone said, in your hands I commit my spirit. Lord God, you are the God of truth. When we start talking, when anyone starts talking in the world or in Christ, when anyone starts talking about love, joy, or peace, or patience, or kindness, or goodness, or gentleness, or faithfulness, or self-control, or mercy, or wisdom, or understanding, or knowledge, or comfort, or strength, any of these things, any of these truths, they come from God. only reason we know what those are is because of God. That's it. So we can speak these words of truth, pouring scripture into people, and they may not even realize it. But we're pouring scripture into people. Here's another way that you can help others know Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus. Be thankful. Be thankful. Tell someone thank you for maybe something they've said or something they've done. You know, it seems like thankfulness is a lost art today. People are living lives that are based on entitlement. Everybody feels like we're entitled. I'm entitled to this. I'm entitled to that. I'm entitled to get mine. I'm entitled to get this. Without having to put the time in, put the effort in, put the training in, put what work needs to be done in order to receive the benefit of the work and hard labor Scripture talks about. People are so entitled. When, When we live entitled lives, what happens? Gratefulness, thankfulness? It's gone. We're not thankful because we think we deserve everything that we're getting and a lot of the stuff we don't get. So be thankful. Share with your boss, your employer, your employees, your friends, why you're thankful for them. I'm just thankful God's placed you in my life. I'm just thankful that you're my boss and I'm able to, to learn from you. I'm thankful that, that you work for me. And I'm thankful for the, for the job that you do. It makes a difference. A friend of mine got an email this week from their workplace and the email uh, blew their mind. They were blown away that they got this email. And the reason why they were blown away is because the first line of the email said, I want to thank you so very much. And this friend thought so much, said, you need to look at this email. And obviously there was a lot more that they were being thanked for. But the blessing was, the email was about thanks. Which is rare in the workplace. The reason, the purpose for all the one another commands in the New Testament the purpose that we're to carry one another's burdens, that we're to confront one another in love, that we're to love one another, that we're to encourage one another, we're to forgive one another in Christ as we have been forgiven. That we're to pray with one another, that we're to serve one another, that we're to give to one another. A reason, the purpose for all the one another commands in Scripture is so that we can help others know Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus. Now, certainly we have different relationships We have relationships with those who don't have a relationship with Jesus, relationships with those who don't want a relationship with Jesus, relationships with those who don't even believe in Jesus, relationships with those who are anti-relationship with Jesus. We have relationships with those who have a relationship with Jesus, but they're new in the faith. And then we have those relationships with those who have got a relationship with Jesus and they're very mature in the faith. So our relationships vary But the purpose is one and the same in all the relationships. And the way we fulfill that purpose may look different. But our purpose from God, based on our identity in Christ, is to be a servant. And that means that we're to help others know Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus. And God, thankfully, gives us help in this process. He gives us help to fulfill our purpose, turn to your right to 1 Peter chapter 4, real quick, 1 Peter chapter 4, Uh, turn to your right, I want you to look at this passage in 1 Peter chapter 4, Uh, we'll hit this, and we're going to be talking more about this in uh, future sermons as we uh, continue right now laying the foundation for thriving relationships, we're kind of laying the foundation and then we're going to build on the foundation, the foundation is obviously in Christ, that's our identity, it's in our purpose as servants of God, we're saved by God, we're servants of God, Uh, and so we're to help others know Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus. And we see in 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning in verse 10, just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. If anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength God provides, so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. In what? In what? To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Let's look at a few points from Peter about serving others, about helping others know Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus. The first point is this. We have a gift from God. When God created us in his image, he created us and gave us abilities, skills, and talents. You know this as well as I do. Some of us can sing well, some can't. Some of us can cook well, some can't. Some of us can drive well, some can't. We understand this. When God saved us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, he gave each one of us a spiritual gift. As a follower of Jesus, you've got a spiritual gift and I've got a spiritual gift. We have a gift from God. Second point, we need to use our gift God's way. We need to use our gift God's way. Peter here said, use it. Say that with me. Use it. Again, use it. That's a present active participle. That means today, now, you, me, over and over and over again. Use it today. Use it right now. Use it throughout the day. Use it this evening at your life teams. Use it at lunch when you're out at lunch with your family or your friends. Use it this week in your workplaces. Use it in all your relationships. We're to use the gift God's given to us. Listen, God doesn't want us to hide our gift or hold on to our gift. He wants us to use our gift from him for his purposes. And I firmly believe in the body of Christ, there are far too many brothers and sisters in Christ who are hiding their gifts or holding on to their gifts instead of using their gifts. If we really want to get practical, there's far too much hoarding going on. Of all kinds of things. Our talents, our time, and our treasures. Far too much hoarding. Why? Because Jesus calls us to be givers, and that means Satan wants us to be hoarders. That's exactly why. We have a gift from God. And we need to use his gift, our gift God's way. And that starts in our families, and that starts in our local church family. And it extends outside to our workplaces and our relationships. Third point, he makes it real clear: God wants us to serve others. So that's it. There's a, there's a clear, clear teaching. Use it to serve others. God wants us. To use his gift, his way, which means he wants us to serve others. God wants us to use his gift, to use our ability, skills, and talents to bless others, to comfort others, to help others, to encourage others, to minister to others, to meet others' needs, to serve others. He literally wants us to give ourselves away in service to others. Paul challenged us to serve one another through love. Paul challenged us to look not only to our own interests, but also to the interests of others. In humility, consider others better than ourselves. We're to comfort others with the comfort we ourselves have received from God when we know our brothers and sisters are suffering, are going through grief and sorrow. We are to serve others. Jesus told us the way to greatness is through service. Jesus said the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life away as a ransom for many. You see, the reason why God God asks us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him because that's our true act of worship. is because that's exactly what his son, our Savior Jesus, did for us. He gave himself away as our sacrifice for sins. He didn't hold on to equality with God as though it was something that he could be grasped. Instead, he took the form of a servant, came to earth, wrapped himself in flesh, and he did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. He gave himself away. So obviously, he wants us to give ourselves away to one another. He wants us to serve others. Now, there's two mistakes that we tend to make when it comes to serving. Two mistakes. The first mistake is we serve so that we can be served. That's one of the mistakes we make. We serve so that we can be served. Or in other words, we give so that we can get. That's the wrong motive. It's not going to work. The second mistake we make is we don't serve until we're served. Or we don't give until we get. That's a second mistake. You see, Jesus says serve and serve and serve and give and give and give. Even when you don't get, even when you're not served, even when folks don't respond the way that they should respond, even when folks don't return the service or the blessing, you keep serving, you keep serving, you keep serving because our God in heaven sees, knows, and blesses. He blesses. And as we keep serving, we are able to help others know Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus. Because when we keep serving those who don't know Jesus, they can't figure us out. They can't figure us out. I had a brother, sister, our tailgate party, when we blessed, blessed our community this last Friday night, somebody came up to one of our, our members at the tailgate party and said, Where can we make a donation? Where do we pay? And they said, You know, no, no, this is, this is all. This is all free. This is for y'all. We're, we're doing this out of our love for God and, and love for our community. And they're like, what? What? We, we, we're, we can't give to this? They said, no, that's okay. We just, we just want to be a blessing. Blew their mind. You see, when we serve and serve, and serve when we give ourselves away, for those who don't know Jesus, it causes them to stop and ask themselves, okay, what's up? What's going on? I have treated them poorly. I have taken advantage of them. I have spoken unkindly to them. I've actually mistreated them. I have overlooked them. And for whatever reason, I cannot For the life of me, understand why they keep serving. Why don't they respond? Why aren't they responding to me like I'm treating them? That helps them come to know Jesus. But you see, when we serve and we serve and we serve and we serve, those of our brothers and sisters, it fires them up. They see us serving and they go, oh man. I'm not about to let my brother and my sister outserve me. Uh-uh. I'm in the game. Watch this. I'm going to go pour myself out over here. You see, I personally, quite honestly, I don't want anyone to outserve me. I know they do. I know many do. But one of my goals is that I want to outserve. Anybody and everybody that comes my way. When somebody pours something into me, I receive it as a gift from God by his grace and I receive it and I dwell on it and I soak it in for all it's worth and it just motivates me to pour even more to those that got places around us. The same is true for you. You see, that's how we help others know Jesus, grow in Jesus and go for Jesus. Brothers and sisters get motivated. As Paul said, I'm here in prison and everybody knows it's because of my chains and I've been preaching Christ faithfully. And Paul said, the believers in Philippi said, listen, some of the brothers know this and what it's caused them to preach the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. My imprisonment has fired these guys up to preach and teach Jesus because I really honestly think they probably want to get in prison too. But we can't have everybody in prison because we've got to have people out there preaching. That's what we're talking about. The fourth point is God is pleased. We glorify God as we use his gift his way. We glorify God. Man, when we use the the gift that God has given us, then what happens when each one of us, when every single one of us is using the gift God's given us in our homes, in our workplaces, in our relationships, and in our church family, what what did Peter say? Then we display the varied, the amazing, the beautiful grace of God. We display it for all to see. We point people to Jesus when we use our gifts for Jesus. We reap God's blessings when we use our gifts for Jesus. We grow in our faith in Jesus as we use our gifts for Jesus. We please God as we use our gifts from God in his way. The purpose of our relationships is to glorify God in our relationships. As Peter said, Let anyone who speaks do it as one speaking the very words of God. Let the one who serves do it in the strength that God provides so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To him be the glory and power forever and ever amen. To God be the glory for the great things he has done. To God be the glory for the great things he is doing. To God be the glory for the great things he will do in and through and for us as we fulfill his purpose for our relationships. As we Help others know Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus. You see, we are blessed as we walk in our identity in Jesus, fulfilling our purpose from Jesus. We help our relationships thrive as we live according to this purpose that God has given us in Christ Jesus. And quite honestly, you know this as well as I do, there is excitement, there is great fun, and there is fulfillment, true fulfillment, when we fulfill God's purpose for our relationships by serving all those that God places around us. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team's going to come and leading this time of prayer. And I want to encourage you uh, in these moments uh, to do what we've been talking about today, to fulfill your purpose. God's purpose for each one of us is to help one another, know Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus. And this is why we are in relationships with one another, as brothers and sisters in Christ this morning. That means we're to encourage, we're to bless. We're to thank our brothers and sisters. We're to smile at them. We're to listen to them. We're to pray with them. Here, we've got plenty of opportunity to pray with one another. And listen, I firmly believe God wants us to walk in his word. He does every day throughout the day. Uh, The reason we hear the word of God is so that we can do the word of God. And I firmly believe what God wants is for us to go and to start right here, right now. If we can't start with our family, with our brothers and sisters in Christ, then then there's a little chance that we're going to extend out to those Outside of these walls are congregations, those who don't have that relationship with God. Those who don't share that unity, that bond in Christ that we share. And so I believe God wants us to go and even now in just these next moments, our prayer partners will be standing up here at the front. They'd love to pray with you, pray for you. Their altars is open as it always is to come and do business with God. But I want to challenge you to go to a brother or sister and just to thank them for your friendship with them, to encourage them. Speak a kind word to them. Say a quick prayer for them. Just to pray, God, I, want you, I just ask that you would bless my brother and my sister in Jesus today. God, I pray that you would bless their children today. Let's just move and let's work empowered by the Holy Spirit of God to go and to bless one another, to shake one another's hand, to just be a blessing to one another, to minister to one another, to meet a need, to comfort one another, whatever that may be. This is God's desire for us. Maybe you need to start with your husband, or maybe you need to start with your wife, and then you go as, as a family, as a couple, to another couple. Maybe you go as a brother to a brother in Christ, a sister to a sister in Christ. There's no reason for us not to. It's our purpose. Our purpose is to help others. Know Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus. And that happens as we go as servants of King Jesus. If you you have to place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that's your best decision. That's your most important decision. That's the decision I want to challenge you to make right here, right now, to say yes to Jesus. He has taken your place on the cross. He paid your price for sin. He died on the cross a perfect death after living a perfect life, tempted as we are yet having never sinned. He was buried in the tomb and on the third day, he rose again victorious over sin and death for you and me. He's alive and faith in Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection. His work on the cross of Calvary is the only way for us to enter into a relationship with God. You can make that decision this morning. Leave this place, change for eternity, then by the way you came in. We'd love to introduce you to Jesus. Hey, it's, it's family time. It's family time. Brothers and sisters, let's fulfill our purpose this morning. Let's stand and say yes to the Lord.